Hello, everyone. Welcome to Jess and the Guest. My guest today is the incredibly talented Brian Moses. Brian's a comedian, writer, and producer, best known for creating the now infamous Roast Battle series for Comedy Central. He's one of the most talented comics I've seen and gives, I think, the best advice I've gotten. <laughs> I hope you like this episode. Brian, I love Roast Battle so much, but I think my favorite part is watching your face during Roast Battle and seeing your reactions. It's, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there when it comes to this uh, this pillar of uh, the comedy genre. Um, you don't have to be a stand-up comic for it. And we're, we're learning that more and more because we're getting a lot of rap battlers kind of crossing over into this. We're getting ad, ad guys are coming over to this, authors. Uh, so really, anybody can do it. And I think that's why the range and, and uh, the progression of the sport is so fun to see and the evolution of it. Someone said it was like the church of free speech. And I loved that. And I think about that a lot too. Thank you, Jess. Yeah. That was John Mayer that said that. He called it the church of free speech. Who? I've never heard of him. That no name guy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He's this musician. You guys should check him out. (laughs) You've talked a lot about Rose Battle and how the origins. I'm just going to ask you those same question. No, I'm just kidding. But make you look it up. I mean, I've said it to death at this point. Yeah. There's so many battles I love. Uh, like, do you have one that really sticks out? Like, I love Joe and Nicole and Sarah and Mike Lawrence and yeah. Anyone? Gosh, my favorite, my favorite battle. Um, it might be Benji Aflalo versus uh, Yasser Lester. Ooh. And that Sorry. was the first show that Jeff Ross judged. No big. That deal. was a really, really, really good. Even today, I mean, you know, nine and a half or you know, almost almost 10 years later, I mean, that, that one still sticks out to me because that was just, it, yeah, Jeff Ross, he was there. You could see his face. Like the way you say, you see my face, that was Jeff Ross's face. He couldn't believe it. And he was he was overwhelmed by it because he was going to move to New York. And then, you know, he came to Rose Battle that night because uh, his girlfriend at the time, she was a battler and she was really good in the sport. She actually helped elevate the sport because then people knew because she wasn't so much a comic she was becoming she was a comic in the scene she also wanted to be a, a lawyer and a politician so um but she's just a real she's a hell of a joke writer and also she was dating jeff ross so it was uh it was fun to see him come in support her but also like whoa i can't believe jeff ross is here and then he was like let's do a tv show man this thing is awesome it's crazy to see too like it's on every country i feel like every state like does it ever has it ever hit you like how big it is yeah it's it's in every continent but antarctica so until we teach penguins how to roast battle we're uh we're just gonna be in the six what do you you know this is new goals uh. (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean i love the london ones too do you have like a favorite city i guess or that it's been in oh my god yeah london london's my favorite (laughs) city ever yeah it's it's the it's the greatest there's nothing better than london especially when they take care of you ah it's just it's such an expensive city so you know when they're treating you like royalty and you're black Mm. in the you know in the call in the original colonizing uh you know empire it's fucking great (laughs) hey do you have any tips for people moving to la like i don't know me maybe (laughs) to survive my first year listen if uh if LA doesn't try to eat you alive financially, emotionally, or physically. Uh, you probably didn't belong here. But if it actually is trying to hurt you, if LA is phys- you know, if LA is metaphysically trying to hurt you, I think, um, yeah, you, you should stay. But if it isn't, that means you're boring and you should move. <laughs> I know you wrote on Wild and Out, too. What was that like? Uh, that was like my first writing job, I'd say. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience because, you know, it's, a, uh, it's an all-black room. 
it's that's cool. You know, you don't really get to see that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Cannon, I think he's underrated as a mogul in this business and yeah. a uh, a purveyor of taste. I mean, he really does see a lot of stand up comedy, and he does kind of pick really funny people. So, um, and he's you know he's helped the careers of Mikey Day and uh, Taron Killam and obviously yeah. Pete Davidson and you know, all those guys. So yeah, that it was just, it was a really cool experience because you got to learn how to, cause it, it's an improv show for the most part, but they're going to want, you know, firepower if they, you know, they can't just come off the top of the dome all the time. Um, so that was cool to just like, it just felt like roast battle in the sense of, all right, we're just kind of punching things up and just making sure people do have firepower. So it felt, you know, it, it, it prepared me for having my own room for, for roast battle. Yeah. When he did a show on top of a grocery store, like what's been like your worst gig for stand up? Because you're a great stand up too outside of Rose Battle. Uh, my worst gig, yeah, it was at Qualcomm Stadium, which is now defunct. Um, they tore like half of it down in San Diego, but it was like the chart, the San Diego Charger Stadium. And I think I was maybe like six months into stand up, and, mm-hmm. and there was these like wildfires that were happening in San Diego, so then they evacuated people to Qualcomm Stadium. So there's refugees, basically. All these, you know, like, lower class to, like, middle class white people are just, you know, at Charger Stadium as if they were, you know, literal war ref- refugees. Um, and they were and they were pissed, and their property's probably gone. Anyway, they called up all the local comedians and said, hey, go entertain these people because they're sad. And it was, it, it, it broke my heart that, that night because you're outside, it's cold. Nobody wants to hear you. They're all worried about their well-being, their children, their personal belongings. And you're just there like, Hey, so, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're like six months into stand up, So I'm probably doing, you know, the most heinous jokes. And it's just, it wasn't good. I like recently found a tape. I don't know why I taped like my like first year doing stand up, And I was like, everything is horrible. Like, I can't imagine six months in, like, it was like so cringy to watch. So I can't imagine doing that six months in. Yeah. Like, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, it, it hurts. Yeah. I remember yeah. Jean Garofalo saying she wishes she could scrub the internet of her like early work because, you know, it's, you don't get to take that back. Yeah. Um, so that, that's where I really haven't put anything out because I haven't really been. I guess the word would be proud or just like, I just didn't think it was good enough to put out because then I'd be like, oh, I can make that better. You know, it's like, it takes a lot of balls to like put material out there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say balls. It just takes a lot of confidence and fearlessness to really put yourself out there and say, hey, this is who I am and this is my voice. And then to keep doing it again and put your material out there. That's yeah. why it's, it's so vulnerable to be a comedian. So like I, I big up anybody who's like put their stuff out there and been like, yeah, here, buy this. You know, yeah. whether they buy it or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just watched your joke about hockey that you put out and it was so fun. I was like crying. I was laughing so hard. So I'm like, please put out more stuff. <laughs> but now I just have some rapid fire questions. Um, I'm sure you get recognized a lot. Where's the weirdest place you've been recognized? The weirdest place I've been recognized? Uh, I would say it was, it's usually just like uh, restaurants. It's always, you know, a waiter or a, uh, or sorry, a server or um or a bartender is always like oh you heard you on a podcast or oh i, I saw a roast battle or, so those are kind of the weirdest places it's usually just anybody that sees me and they recognize me i always think it's weird but the weirdest one uh yeah i was eating shrimp with uh, uh a, a family friend and their family and the guy's like brian moses and it made them feel so good and i was like i just think that's weird because i don't know where you heard me like if you heard me you probably heard me on the comedian's podcast and i'm just like ah you listen yeah, to comedy crazy. podcasts <laughs> um what is your biggest pet peeve 
Uh, snoring. No. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve is, I don't know, unoriginality. Just, you know, just be creative. I don't know. My, I, just, I don't like that in stand-up. I just don't want to keep hearing the same thing over and over. You know, yeah. even myself, you know, I, I, that's why I'm trying to always look for angles and be dialectical about them so I can argue both sides or, you know, try to turn you to one side that I may not even believe in. Yeah. Just, just keep it fun. Keep it jazz. Keep it, keep it funky. No, I love that. Cause yeah, I feel like a lot of times, like a lot of my friends who are way more successful than I am are so afraid of getting fired or, but I'm like, you're so smart. Like when I do shows with them that aren't filmed, I'm like, oh, I wish you know, you could show that side maybe, but yeah, I completely agree with you. Right. Uh, yeah. What is the most LA thing about you now? That I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> That's Great. the most LA thing about me is that I'm still here. <laughs> and what do you think the number one thing Rose Battlers should have? Confidence. Confidence sells everything when it comes to this vanity that we call um, public speaking. So the more confidence you have, uh, the better you'll be. And just, you know, the more, the more jokes you write, the more firepower you will have. So you will have more confidence. Um, and then, yeah, just like face your opponent and just treat it that way. I mean, it's a scary, scary, scary sport. I mean, you really are going up there to be talked about. I mean, that's, it's not just public speaking where everybody's scared. You know, that's like the number two fear of everybody. It's like you're public speaking, you're doing stand-up, so you're, you're basically telling everybody, hey, I'm funny. Like, let's all be funny together. And yeah. now you're doing it, but you're talking, you know, you're talking about somebody and they're talking about you and you're doing it in front of maybe your family and friends or just a bunch of strangers. So it's now it's a group of strangers laughing at you. And then it's your peers, you know, being like, oh, is he funny? And they're laughing at you or with you. And then it's your, you know, it's your idols. It's these, you know, your these icons that you admire. It's a very scary sport. So anybody that gets in there and doesn't have have confidence, you get eaten alive and you, you know, this <laughs> is bad things happen to your mental health. So go in there with confidence. Um, the celebrity judges, that's crazy. Like, do you have one that like really surprised you or sticks out? Like, it's cr- Jim like, Carrey. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I love him. Yeah. I've never met him. But. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Cause I think any, uh, I guess what, you know, that, that millennial generation, if you know, you're born in the eighties, you kind of grew up in the nineties, like, you know, Jim Carrey had a run that was, it's, you know, second to none. So when that guy walks in the room, you're like, what? Jim Carrey's watching the show. No. So you just want to be, you know, you, you can't help but to like be on. Every comedian was just like, you know, in awe. So the, like, yeah. <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe did a roast battle class in the pandemic and I took it and I loved it so much. But now I feel like I hear Tony's voice in my head when I write jokes. I mean, it really, he's really learned the art of like, you know, Tony's not boring, and uh, that man is. There's nobody co- more confident, I'd have to say, than uh, than Tony Hinchcliffe. Man, that he he bleeds confidence, and he's a he is a joke writing machine. So yeah, he, there's no denying him. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that he was even doing that class it was he's very funny and creative, and I don't think he gets enough credit for how creative he is and how he executes how creative he is. Is it's very impressive. I remember living with Tony. At one point, and uh, right. early in LA, you know, when LA was kicking both of our asses, and we were kind of like living at the comedy store together. I mean, like physically living at the comedy store when like greats before had lived there, like uh, like Jim Carrey has lived there before. Um, and he was like, "I'm gonna write Jeff Ross a hundred jokes and get hired to write on the roasts." Yeah. And then he did it, and then it happened. <laughs> it was impressive. Sarah Tiana did that too. I think she told me, to, yeah. But that, I'm like, that's crazy. 
yeah, yeah man, a, that's how you do it. Like they're yeah. really, they weren't thirsty. They were hungry. Like, and that's what, if I can tell anybody like, who's getting to stand up, like be hungry, don't be thirsty. Yeah. Don't be thirsty for fame. Be hungry to be better at the craft. And, you know, I'm not always going to nail it if you see me live, but I'm always trying to be as dialectical as possible. I'm not saying like that's the way to do it, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, back to the Tony thing. It's very yeah. funny that he's, uh, that he's teaching a Rose class and now there's like actual Tony Hinchcliffe disciples out there. <laughs> but do you have any good dating advice? Good dating advice. <laughs> I feel like you would though have good dating advice. Good dating advice. Um, be emotionally available. That's what that's oh what God. any human is looking for is connection. Wow. We have the uh, the power of ESP, and that's to have language and you know nudge. It's above communication. So like to be able to tell somebody something, and then they can go do that, right? Like physically build something, like a relationship. So you know, just be emotionally available. That's the easiest thing I could say. Right, you're like one of the wisest people I think I've ever met. As, okay. Yeah, I will take that because I recently dated a magician, so I'm doing really well. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> that statement great. alone is very funny. We're, we're sad. Either what? Um, I got a lot of good jokes from it. But uh, and last question: What is the weirdest thing in your fridge? My fridge is broken, so I would say nothing, and that would be the weirdest thing. Because how do I eat or how do I survive? Yeah, yeah, I, that, I that's know. the weirdest thing. Yeah. <laughs> That there's nothing in it because the fridge is broken. So I got rid of it. I'm fridgeless right now, guys. That's me out here, fridgeless, eating at restaurants every day, balling, hurting yeah. myself because the economy is in ruin. So I'm like, what am I really doing? <laughs> I'm going to yeah. answer though, because I didn't realize so many LA apartments don't come with fridges. And so I was like, wait, how do people do this? Yeah. <laughs> but thank yeah, you. So they, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. You're. It. Truly one of the most talented people I've seen. I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for doing this. And that's it. It's done. You're the best. I'm fridgeless. 